millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Hello, this is Danny Pellegrino, host of the Everything Iconic podcast. And I'm here to tell you all about Splash Refresher because hydration is mandatory, but boring is not. Now, I love my water, but if I don't spice it up, I'm not going to finish what I took out of the fridge. That's why I love my Splash Refresher, which is flavorful, delicious, bright, hydrating, and zero calories. The wild berry flavor is my fave. No, wait, is the pineapple mango flavor my fave? You know what? All five craveable Splash Refresher flavors are my fave because they're so delicious. So get hydrated and enjoy it with Splash Refresher. Hello, everybody, and welcome into today's episode of the Top Cut Yu-Gi-Oh! podcast. My name is Sonny. I am your host. I am here with my co-host, Caleb. Hello, everybody. And I want to, of course, take just a moment to thank all of our wonderful patrons. So, a huge thank you to Cam Yang. Dragon Shields are the only protection I use. Zephyrius, Austin Johnson, Kane Martin, HGH Cyber, Josh Rosen, Marshawn Jones, Zyphorus, E Defeat AD, Anthony Leela, Tank Nugs, Deep CDs Nuts, Earth Machine Best Deck Epi. Has anyone actually read Toy Vendor? I am McLincoln, Jarrett Helton, Mountain Man, Oatmeal Spaghetti. <clears throat> Owen Alvarado, Pig, Rudolph, Sprite Farter, Super Ancient, Deep CDs, Nuts, King Coelacanth, Tier Limit, Best Deck, Tier Limit's having this floodgate in your mouth, the, the Hoover Dam is a floodgate, Unbanned number 95, Konami, Understanding and Reading are two different things, Virtually Saviors, World Zingus Khan, Aaron Gardner, Asami, Brandon Potter, Dragon, Maidenless Behavior, Enough Waifus, More Husbandos, I couldn't get behind that, <laughs> Jerry Beans, man, Nordic Best Deck, Old Man Red, Pin Code 143, Ray Powell, Shockmaster did nothing wrong, slaking it up, Stop Crying About Call by It's Balanced, why yes I can say that, VFD's nuts in your mouth, yeah, no, being legally bound by that of the head judge, I repeat, there's no way anyone is legally allowed to say that. You know what we need, you know what you should probably do one episode? What? Actually read Toy Vendor. That's a good point. I, I think it'd make that dude, that one dude real happy. Yeah. Because then but we this could... is not that episode. Nope. One day. All right, and of course, before we get too much farther in, we want to thank the wonderful sponsors. So, we of course, we want to thank Dragon Shield. So, a huge thank you to Dragon Shield for all of the support. Dragon Shield is one of the largest accessory manufacturers in the world. They make sleeves, deck boxes, binders, playmats, etc. And you can find them over on dragonshield.com. So, if you want to get this awesome shuffle sound, I don't know if his mic is picking that up, but Caleb's shuffling right into the microphone. And that awesome hand shuffle sound. <laughs> That's it. You can, of course, get those out of your Dragon Shield sleeves. Be sure to use our TCG Player affiliate link in the description down below before ordering. Also, if you want to get some cool Dragon Shield sleeves for free, be sure to follow us on Twitter, where we will be giving some more away soon. Uh, we just got a shout out Dragon Shield, which has got a really cool care package from them of some sleeves and some colors and designs that are not released yet. So, if you're interested in your chance to win some Dragon Shield sleeves, be sure to follow us on Twitter where we do Dragon Shield sleeve giveaways. Now, we also want to thank Millennium Threads. Millennium Threads is, of course, an Etsy store where you can get some awesome Yu-Gi-Oh! Well, threads. So, so cool clothes. So, if you want some cool Yu-Gi-Oh! embroidered hoodies, uh, t-shirts, uh, hats, 
or the actual individual little embroidered patches that so you, you can go put it on your own jacket or whatever right or a backpack that would be cool Ooh, that would be really cool yep so if you don't want anything like that be sure to go ahead and hit up millennium threads on etsy so and and there's a tcg player or a, well there is a tcg player affiliate link down below if you're going to Millennium Threads, be sure to check out our discount code, TOPCUT10. The link and the code is in the description down below. It is case sensitive. So enter it just like it is in the code. So with that said, why don't we go ahead and get on into today's actual episode and what we're going to be talking about today. Oh, yeah. That was that was something. <laughs> Sorry, I've been watching a whole lot of Rick and Morty recently. When is it said in that octave? Oh, there's just a character who has a really high octave, and he doesn't actually say that specifically, but it seems like one of the lines he could say. Huh. Okay. All right, well... <laughs> okay, got it, got it, got it. All right, well, let's go ahead and get on to the bulk of our episode today. So... For those that don't know, the Yu-Gi-Oh! community has been embroiled lately, once again, by a little bit of drama. A little bit of controversy, if you will. Not, no, no, not just drama. Drama! Yeah. With a flourish. And we acknowledge that it's probably not in our best interest as content creators these days to go public and talk about these things because realistically as crazy as this sounds there is a not unfounded right there's like a legitimate fear that there could be retaliation against us for speaking our views and our opinions mm-hmm and first of all, that's wild. Second of all, I legitimately worry about retaliation due to us bringing forward criticisms about the game. Now, with that said... I want to preface everything that, I, and I think that I can speak for Caleb when I say this. Uh, I, we didn't script this all up. We didn't put a lot of time and thought in, in, into this. We're just kind of going off the top, which is probably the worst thing we could do. But <laughs> I think that I can speak for both of us when I say, personally, I love Yu-Gi-Oh. Mm-hmm. Uh, Yu-Gi-Oh is uh, my passion. It's not my the most important thing in my life. I have a wife. I have a kid. I have a job that, you know, I things like that. Those are more important to me than Yu-Gi-Oh. I mean, I, I mean, same here. I've got a right. I got a I got a uh, fiance. I've got a, I got some cats. I got a job myself. Right. Exactly. Those things are real world things that are like tangible. And I, I would pick them over Yu-Gi-Oh a hundred times out of a hundred. But that said, I do love Yu-Gi-Oh. Once you get past all the real stuff and get into the, this is just what I do for a hobby to relax and stuff, you goes top of the list, baby. Let's yeah. go. <laughs> exactly. Because Yu-Gi-Oh does something else outside of helping me to think critically, putting me in problem-solving situations. Teaching me math. Math skills. Language skills communication skills Yu-Gi-Oh does more than all that also brings you a community exactly exactly Yu-Gi-Oh is it doesn't just make you a part of a community or at least for us it didn't just make us a part of a community it helped us build our own community we are still very small in the creator space we are still nobodies. Let's be honest here. We have gotten tons of support from a lot of people all over the world. And we're extremely thankful. 
but we're still small fries. Oh, yeah. I mean, we're on the radar at least, but right. But I mean, we're talking about a radar that could probably point out like an ant from fifty thousand feet. <laughs> but we're on the radar, we're right, right there. So, to me, the most important part of Yu-Gi-Oh is there being a way for me to play this game with people all over the world and a way to enjoy this game that I love with the people that I'd like to enjoy it with. So with all that said, we want to take some time today to go over something that might be kind of controversial, something that might be a little bit difficult for us to talk about, realistically speaking. Because the Yu-Gi-Oh! suspended players list is kind of a sore topic within the community, especially right now. So for those of you that don't know, there have been a couple of notable members of the community, notable content creators, things like that, that have been banned recently. Of course, we all at this point probably know that Tatsum has been has been banned by the uh, by Konami, right, from organized play. Tatsum was banned for four years. Then today, which is Wednesday, you had uh, Distant Coder was banned for one year, as well as Chris Lofton was banned for one year. And this is as far as I'll go into this because I have, I'll be honest, I there's a chance I feel pretty good about whether or not I have the whole the the story or the reason behind each of these bands. I, I could be wrong, right? And it's not my business to speak on. But I do not think that any of these bands were at all in any way justifiable. I think that any amount of adequate discussions from between the players and any Konami representative, any amount of true discussion and open line of communication would have resolved these issues with no problem. Oh yeah. But that's not how Konami works. Well, Konami of America, because we can't even get a straight answer of whether or not uh, we'll be on the same ban list for YCS Niagara in oh, 10 we're days. Getting, we're getting there. Yeah, that that's later, but yeah, that's still part of the. There is no open line of communication between Konami of America and its player base. Uh, the TCG, yeah, Konami, not just Konami of America. Yes, yes, Konami TCG. So, why is this such a big deal, right? Cool, sure, I'm sure everybody wants to see their friends, but why do we specifically, and why should anybody care? about the suspended players list other than oh favorite content creator is not going to be at x event and i wanted to meet them past that why should somebody care about the suspended players list well there's a couple of things that you may or may not know about how a player can get on this forbidden limited list or this <laughs> the, the ban list right the suspended players list so your first thought a player has been disqualified from tournament play by Konami's, by Konami's officiating staff, whatever. Yeah. Your first thought, why would somebody be banned from official play? Cheating. Great. You have maybe one more. Uh, well, besides cheating, just I'm going to be nice and say being a nuisance. Unsportsmanlike conduct. Th that, that, that's a much better way of putting it. Cool. Those are two bannable offenses. Yeah, which is fair in my opinion. Sure. You know, cheaters should be punished. 
And if you're going to be abusive, this is not the place for you. Sure. But there's an issue. And that is that that is pretty much the only reasons that Konami lists on their websites for banning people. That and maybe occasionally you might see something crazy like ban evasion. Yes, but... Uh, but That's like, rare. Yeah, but like I actually looked at the uh, ban list. So now rather than say ban evasion, it just lists all their possible uh, Konami IDs that they've ever had. Yeah. So, you know, so usually some people on there with like two or three. There's one dude on there with like five or six. Oh my goodness. <laughs> but, okay, so but it'll all, say unsportsmanlike conduct. Or literally just cheating. Right, unsportsmanlike conduct, cheating. Or unsportsmanlike conduct, severe. Yeah, yeah. So, when that's all it says, it, it's not that big a deal, maybe, if the player got an email from Konami, said, hey, you're being banned from official play, yeah. here's why, yada, yada, yada. Yeah, like, here's an official statement, here's, you know, our reasoning, what this, the, yeah. here's how you appeal, whatever, all yeah. that. No. Yeah, if you wish to appeal, here's how to do it, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, steps. you don't get any of that. You don't get an email. Yeah, they you're, you're supposed to. You're supposed to. Yeah. Because you, you have to provide them your email when you register for an event. They, they don't, you don't get an email. Yeah, yeah. They you just, just get somebody sending you a link to the suspended players. It's like, yo, dog, they updated the suspended player list. You got banned. Yep. And it's like, huh, all it says is you see severe and I'm banned now. Why? So it's frustrating when you don't even know the true reason behind why you got banned, you might have speculation. You might mm -hmm. have your thoughts. Well, maybe it was this. Maybe it was this. I don't know. Yeah, but it, all that is is just a guess. Right. So now we have an idea of what Konami could be banning you for, potentially. Maybe. We're, we're not for sure. Um, where do you think that these offenses would have to occur for them to make it bannable i would imagine like are you talking about locations or just kind of like the environment that you would have to be oh. in oh yeah like de you definitely have to be in some sort of tournament style environment like a regional or... no you can just be discussing it with friends online really yeah if you're say post regional deck profile you accidentally said you did an illegal play and you didn't realize it was an illegal play uh... banned get banned because you are admitting to knowingly you've committed an illegal play. Even if it was unknowingly. If you admitted to yeah. an illegal play, knowingly or not. So me and you, right, we talk about plays. We talk about things all the yeah. time. And uh, sometimes you or I have been known to be wrong. We're not we're not perfect. Yeah. We're not 100%. Yeah, but like anytime we're unsure, we always call a judge and ask. In real life, sure. But when we're recording the podcast... Yeah, or like playtesting. We're not always 100%. So as a result, sometimes we might say something on the podcast that is not correct. It's just not. Yeah. And and of course, some people will call us out on it. We get, we're really appreciative. Right. And usually in the next episode, if we said something wrong and we remember to, we'll say, hey, we were wrong about this. Here's the here's the good info. Right. Which we've done that exactly once and we've never remembered to do it again. But because we're awful. Point, yeah. But the point is, if we say something wrong like that and give wrong advice or give a wrong ruling and say, yeah, I was doing this because and I didn't realize it was wrong. We get banned for that just for discussing it. So, just, it turns into, you have to be so careful about what you say in every form of media, whether it's a Facebook post. Yeah. Because if, by God, people have gotten banned from Facebook posts. Yeah, tweets and... Yeah. People have gotten banned from tweets, from... What they've said on Twitch, yeah, YouTube video, YouTube video, countless YouTube videos. I mean, I mean Triff was banned on from a YouTube video. 
uh, reigning YCS champion Andres Torres was banned off of a YouTube video. So it really calls into question if Konami is spending so much time watching all these Twitch streams and YouTube videos and seemingly looking for reasons to ban people, why? Why, why, why? Do we have this wall of silence between us and Konami? This giant wall of no communication at all. This giant chasm of nothingness. Yeah, the 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 absolute absence of any sort of speech or communication. Like, you'd think that maybe they'd have a guy, and that is their job, is to communicate with their player base. I guess you could say that they probably have a social media manager, but I would think that he's extremely restricted in what he's allowed yeah. to say. Because, like, because I know for YouTube, if you get big enough on a YouTube platform, you actually get basically a handler from YouTube. Twitch also. You get a Twitch yeah. manager. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh... And basically, if you have any issues, you contact them. Yeah, you just, they give you, like, you get a phone number sometimes, you can call them, be like... Email, whatever. Yeah, and you can contact them, be like, hey, what's going on? And they'll be like, okay, cool, I'm gonna go talk to this team or this other exactly. team. Yeah, you get a direct line to YouTube. Why, why doesn't Konami have anything like that? Okay, so... There's a couple, there's several, like speculation reasons um so a lot of from what we can tell from what i've heard within the community is that within the hmm, how do i say this how do i say this politely within konami tcg and this is again pure speculation we don't have a layout of the company structure of Konami. No, not at all. But we, I've heard personally that a lot of the Konami TCG, Yu-Gi-Oh! TCG, a lot of how the TCG operates is dictated by higher-ups in the OCG. So, of course, this is for, I assume, from like a friend of a friend of a friend. Sort of kind of thing, yeah. So... Take, if, it, take it with the salt shaker. <laughs> yeah. If you have a lot of information that is dictated by the OCG, then it kind of stands to reason that the way things work are going to be based more off of the standards of a Japanese company. Because Konami is a Japanese yeah, company yeah. Yeah, like than you, an American company, right? Yeah. If I, I could tweet at Walmart, one of the biggest companies in the world. And if I shoot a tweet and I tag Walmart in that tweet, I have a response from the Walmart help team in like under two hours on Twitter. Like they'll DM me on Twitter. I've yeah. had it happen before. Yeah. And be like, Hey, we heard you had an issue. Yeah. How, how can we fix it? I, yeah, how one can we time, I swear this is true. I got a, it was early COVID. I got a mobile like pickup order from mm -hmm. Walmart where like I drive up, I open the, I pop the trunk of my car, they load all my groceries in for me. That way it was like no contact kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. And they close my trunk and I drive home. Yeah. Well, I get home and I see that I got a bag of oranges and they were all just covered in mold. They were the disgusting. They were uh. rotten. And so I tweeted, I was like, hey, at Walmart, I don't know what to do here. Like, there's, how do I resolve this? This was a, you know, this was a pickup order and I don't want to go inside because that ruins the whole point of contact. Yeah. They literally DM'd me like an hour later and they were like, hey, if you send us a receipt, then we can actually issue you a refund. Oh, just for the oranges? Yeah. Wonderful. And they resolved my issue immediately via Twitter DMs. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean, I imagine something like that is like super easy for them to do to do. Though. Sure, because with the receipt, it actually has the. I used to work at a grocery store, so I kind of understand how this works. Um, there's an actual number on your receipt that is the that attaches it to a specific ID in their system. Sure. So once they have that, I the uh, receipt's ID number, they can really just pull it up, and it pulls up everything you bought 
on that receipt and they can see how much you paid. They can see everything about it. Sure. I'm just going to believe all of that's true because I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's, yeah, it's wild that you'll see like a lot of your uh, newer receipts have barcodes. Right. So you that, just scan it and yeah. pull it up in the system. Exactly. That makes a ton of sense. But just a little uh, fun fact. <laughs> digress. Digress. Um, but circling back, Konami, most Japanese companies from what I've seen via Twitter and via different things, most Japanese companies do not have that very, very open public line of communication with its consumers. Think about... Um, so there was an anime youtuber a while back i don't remember the name of the channel and they had a ton of one piece reviews mm -hmm. it was a hundred plus it was an anime episode reviews and pretty much all of their content fell under fair use yeah because it was all review right which i believe fair use is specifically uh reviews the parodies things reviews, like that. parodies and yeah so it all fell under fair use. It wasn't just a direct one-for-one one upload, but Toei Animation copyright struck like 200 videos oh, or oh. more off their channel. And it, it resulted in all these strikes on their channel. And because of the way that copyright law works, it goes off the Japanese law because that's where the person that claimed it is. Yeah. And their copyright laws are really different there, yada, yada. And basically, you have to get the copyright strike removed by the person that made the strike. Yeah. And it took them like three months just to get any kind of communication. I mean, they're going through their YouTube partner managers. Mm -hmm. They're going higher ups in YouTube that they didn't name in the video for like you know, reasons. Yeah, for for privacy reasons. Yeah, and, I mean, they're going, like, really high at the chain of command at YouTube. YouTube is, like, trying to help them out because it's like, yeah, these videos are fair use. YouTube's like, you're in the right. And there's, like, there's just not a lot we can do because it's a legal issue at this point. And if we do something drastic, we're setting precedent. Yeah. So, Which... you, so YouTube has their legal team reaching out to Toei Animation, and it's just impossible to try to get contact back from Toei. And it was this big thing. So that's kind of like what we have to compare to, right? Yeah. We've been, we've had the Konami running the, well, I, actually I say that. Konami has been running the TCG version of Yu-Gi-Oh for 12 years now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Before it was Upper Deck, which is an American company. Right, which is totally different. Yeah. So actually, now that you mention it, that also kind of reminds me of Nintendo a little bit after Reggie left. Because Reggie, uh, for those who don't know, before the current CEO CEO of Nintendo of America, Bowser, that is really his name. I think his first name's like Guy or something. Sure. Which just sounds like a fake name, Guy Bowser. Yeah. Just sounds like Bowser. Anyway, um, like he was a very open line of communication between uh, the... Uh, consumers and Nintendo of America. Yeah, Reggie was the best. Yeah, I mean, he's the guy who came up with the My Body is Ready. Like, he... Great man. Yeah. Um, retired. Guy Bowser came in, and that communication nothing. closed off. Right. It's, it's, a, it's a wall of silence. Because yeah. it, it just... It feels that way with many companies that have their headquarters based in Japan. Yeah. That do a lot of interactions with, you know, extremely large American consumer bases. Yeah. So, things like us trying to reach out to communication with Konami, things like that, getting open lines of communication from Konami, the company here in the TCG, has been really difficult for a very long time. With when Upper Deck was running it, I can't speak on that because yeah. I wasn't like a big per part of like the game. I wasn't a content creator. I didn't play competitive Yu-Gi-Oh at that time. I mean, we well, started getting into competitive Yu-Gi-Oh right after the Upper Deck Konami split and all that when Konami took yeah. over. Well, but you also got to remember that at the time that we didn't have half the communication capabilities that we have now. Well, we didn't. Yeah, right. We didn't. We also didn't have the social media and stuff. Yeah, yeah. We didn't like we had Facebook. We had MySpace and YouTube. 
and YouTube. YouTube was still in its infancy. Right, and we didn't have YugiTube like we do today. Yeah, like we barely... We we didn't have people making their livings off of this. Yeah, well, like, like we barely had Yugi on YouTube to begin with. And, like, other than email or just calling their customer support hotline if they had one... Right. There was no commu- there was no communicating. Companies were not on YouTube because uh, YouTube wasn't owned by Google yet. So yeah, you still had to. This was the days where you still had to write a physical letter. letter. Yeah. To be fair, to be fair, sometimes when you did that, they send stuff back. Okay. Yeah, I will say when I was a kid, we had we did have a couple moments where like we would write. My mom would be like, "Yeah, write a letter." And we would like write a letter to the company for like one of our favorite brands or whatever. Yeah, and they and they'd they, send back like products or coupon codes or something like yeah, that. Yeah, and, and like a little thank you letter saying, "Hey, you know, thanks for you know your support or whatever." Yeah, yeah. thanks for liking our product. Here's like some coupons. And like, didn't your sister like one time just get a just get a big, thick book full of coupons for like all the different types of ramen? Uh, okay, yeah, <laughs> yes. My sister one time wrote a letter. Or an, an email, an email, yeah, an email to one of the major ramen noodle companies. Yes, this is true. And she may or may not have gotten a care package with many, many things of ramen and a coupon book full of ramen coupons. To be fair, ramen is delicious. Yeah, yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Yes, I'm one of those. Um, but it was excessive. I'm one of those. I like ramen too, but I'm not writing an email over it. Listen, listen, I'm one of those insane persons who, okay, so like, you know the cup ramen you can get where you just kind of yeah. open it, pour the hot water yeah. in, and then yeah, close yeah. the lid? Yeah. Oh, I can live off those. I love them. Love them, love them, love them. I love to have one in a blue moon. Okay. We are getting, like, we're, we're yeah, just, way off. Yeah, we're, we're just digressing a ton here. Okay. So, we don't have that open and clear line of communication. And as a result, we don't always know, really truly why people get banned we I, only have their side of the story right which i i have exactly so i over the years we've heard of an enormous amount of people getting banned extremely high profile players lesser known players and now content creators for things that they've said in videos and on streams and things like that which i will say this being the devil's advocate real quick I am glad that they do apply the rules across the board. <sighs> Hold on. The reason why the only reason why I even bring that up is because of the drama is happening with YouTube right now. Okay. Okay. So the thing is, though, not all of this is from YouTube. That it's it's not about. No. Okay. No. How can you apply? How can you apply rules when? These these things that these people are being banned for, what was said or yeah, whatever. Well, okay, the things that are being said are being said outside of Konami events. Oh yeah, they're okay. being said on Twitter, right? It's like, is Konami just like looking at people's Twitter pages and like, oh my goodness, look, he said something on Twitter. Let's ban that. Yeah, Come oh, on. yeah, okay, okay. So like, what I mean by that is there is a set of rules in a big parenthesis at Konami events. Sure. That's the key thing. Okay. And they apply them across the board to everyone fairly. Great. It needs to stay at Konami sanctioned events. My issue is when you take this. I, I I think I know what you're trying to say. Yes. I'm when there are rules and those rules are broken, Konami feels it's their job to do something to intervene. Yeah. They will um act on the rules as needed regardless of who you are right sure yeah, that's it's, fine it's you're fair. not you're not saying we're we're not going to ban content creators and we're not going to ban high profile players because of who they are we're not going to do that we're yeah, not yeah, saying yeah, that. yeah no look, if they break the rules we'll ban them sure yeah but the issue is there has to be some sort of understanding of something like i'm just covering news Yes. I got it through external sources. I didn't... I'm just covering the news. Yeah. Or this was already public information. I don't need to put... I I didn't do anything malicious if all I did was put public information out there. Yes. Stuff like, oh, the event is... I admitted I was wrong. I called a judge. Judge ruled against me 
and that's fine. I took the L with grace. Right. Why are you getting banned for that? You had, you said sorry. Like, what's... what's? <sighs> okay. I can understand a ban if it was somebody who was repeatedly doing that, though. Yeah, if they're repeatedly doing it, intentionally trying to mislead their opponents, intentionally trying to make illegal plays. Yeah, to kind of eke out different. Some, yeah, that's entirely different. That person should get banned. That that's just unsportsmanlike conduct. Oh man, my microphone stand is just not cooperating. Anyway, <laughs> so what I'm trying to say is, there has to be a better way to do this. There has to be a better system. So what we're gonna t- what I want to talk about. We've spent 30 minutes rambling. Yep. I want to talk about what co- what we think Konami can do to honestly do a better job, particularly going forward. Right. Okay. So before we do that, quick ad break, very short. We want to thank our sponsor, ETB Games in Alexandria, Louisiana. ETB Games is your one-stop shop for all of your card game needs. ETB has a singles and sealed product, deck boxes, binders, play mats, sleeves, and everything that you need for all of your card game needs. They also have everything that you need for your tabletop game needs, like books, like figurines, paint form, dice, everything like that. So be sure to check out ETB Games. The link is in the description down below. Getting back into what we're talking about. So I think that there is a certain amount of obviousness that Konami can do, right? Mm -hmm. Not just with necessarily the suspended players list also other things just general player base communication because i would say that where we're at right now is completely unacceptable and i understand i understand nobody likes it but those are strong words i get it they are but where we're at right now on a communication basis from Konami as a company is not just borderline, but wholly unacceptable. I mean, and we put a lot of time, energy, effort, love, money, and money. That's say money into this game. We put tons of hours playtesting, recording the podcast, editing other, other people. Uh, yeah editing other people recording youtube videos streaming twitch studying deck profiles studying combos understanding the meta understanding how top tier decks work we spend all this money on the top tier decks we spend time and money traveling to premiere events i'm flying in about well when this episode comes out i'll be on a flight to canada well Sort of to Buffalo, then driving to Canada. I'll be traveling to Canada for four days. Yeah, for YCS Niagara. To go to YCS Niagara. I will be there for four days. I'll be there Friday, Saturday, Sunday, fly out Monday. You should, you should check them out. Yeah, if you see me there, come say hey. <laughs> while, we're there, while I'm there, I would like to know that all this money that I've spent on this trip, all this money that I've spent on cards to play in the event and the surrounding events is going to good use. Not just, haha, Konami make make big money. I want to actually know that they care about us, the player base, that is spending all of this money, spending all of this time, putting all of this heart and soul into this game. Because I can tell, I can say personally that I don't do this podcast because I'm making so much money. Oh, no, no. We're, we make enough to keep the podcast going. And I'll be honest. We make enough to help cover travel to mm-hmm. some events. Yeah. I mean, our patron information is public. We make oh, about absolutely. $213, I think. 220 somewhere in that range. A little over $200. At time of recording. Yes. And we've had a couple of people here and there gracious enough to like send us cards and stuff. Mm-hmm. And that's great. 
that's all awesome but uh, i put a lot more than that into the into the game right um i mean a couple weeks ago we traveled four and a half hours each way for a regional mm-hmm. we paid for an airbnb for the night for the regional mm-hmm. we paid entry for that regional each i paid money to get bahama shark and toad right we paid real money for all of these cards in our decks hundreds of dollars in my case thousands of dollars you, yeah mr mr i have a fully so, okay. almost max rarity sword soul deck okay i'm missing starlight chishao and starlight ecclesius okay it's but bro you had- and all the high rarity staples i don't have like cr desires or anything like that like, yeah but like the dude like i remember at the regional you were looking around for a starlight chishao and had the stuff and had you know the stuff to pick it up right there it would have been nice to get my second one yeah anyway the point is we put a lot into this game hmm? and i think it's kind of the least that konami could do is give us a- effective communication on a few things so Here's my detailed outline for how, how Konami could do better. Yes. And this doesn't come from a place of ire, right? This doesn't come from a place of, sure, a little frustration, but this comes mostly from love. From, I think that this game is awesome, and I think that this is how the game could be even better. Sonny, you're not angry. You're just disappointed. As a dad? Yes. Yes. It's so true. That's why I left, because you're dad. <laughs> yes, it's so true, though. I'm not angry. I'm just disappointed with how this game is given to us. Let, let's, let's look at some of the things that we have going on in the community right now. We have some of the most beloved content creators and players within the community that are being banned one after the other. It's, it's the last, like, three suspended players list have all had notable names. So let's couple that with the fact that we have the Oceanic World Championship qualifiers this weekend. We have YCS Niagara next week. YCS Niagara next week. We are overdue for a ban list, but we don't know if we're going to get one or not. Why? Because we don't have a no sooner than date. I understand the player base was very upset because we weren't getting ban lists around the no sooner than date. It would be like two weeks before or two weeks after. We had no idea. But, like, the solution isn't to... Just not give us a date at all. Right. Just, you'll get it when you get it. Right. Like, even just, uh, it will be sometime after this event. Or even just, uh, this this event will be under the current ban list. If we got, instead of what we have now, if we got something that said, ban list will be updated after YCS Niagara. Yeah. That would be fine. It doesn't have to be the day after. It can be a week or two after. That's fine. Yeah. But give us even just like on the website where you can like sign in to you can sign up for the tournament. It says this tournament will be under the current ban list. Right. So okay, but just, just that's, that. That is the bare minimum. Mm-hmm. That that's the dead bare minimum that they could give us. Ideally, it would be after YCS Niagara. Here's what ideally to me the perfect situation looks like and this is not the same for everybody to me ideally you have a ban list every four months you get three a year now ocg is four a year they do it every three months i honestly think that that's not completely necessary i think you you can space it out a little bit more but that's the crazy part about a, a 12 month year is that it doesn't just divide into six month parts and three month parts because that's what we've had. Yeah, you we've always either had. Yeah, we've also we've always either had ban lists every six months in March and September, or every three months in like January, you know, April ish, you know, uh, July ish, September ish, yeah. which is what we're doing now. It's just kind of around there. Here, to me, is how we get like an ideal ban list situation. Around the 15th to the 20th, they can kind of fluctuate the exact date, but ideally it would be on a set date every month, every year. Say January 15th, May 15th, August 15th of each year. That's about every four months. 
you get a ban list. Or, I'm sorry, January, May, September. The way I would do it would be like, you figure out your months, and then two weeks before the first of that month is when the ban list comes out, and then they go, you're still under the current ban list until the first. I'm going to be honest, I'd rather just release it day of like clockwork. Release it well, day yeah, of. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. But I, like, I don't even need two weeks of update. Just well, yeah, release yeah, it yeah. consistently like clockwork day of. Give me a day. Like, release it on that day. Be done with it. Yeah, but like the only reason why I'm not, I don't like that is entirely because like what that day, there is a major tournament going on that day. Sure. Then play, you, play around the weekends. That's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Delay it a day or yeah. two days. But, That's fine. Yeah. But now, in that now, if they did yours thing and they were like, "Hey, we're going to delay it," instead on the day of, they say we're delaying the ban list until after this event because of this event. Sure, but like, okay, say, okay, well, we're looking at the May ban list, right? May fifteenth. Okay, well, September fifteenth is going to be a weekend, and we have a YCS that weekend. Uh, ban list will be just make it like the monday after that day every time yeah. right oh yeah and then it, another option is you know just the, 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 the semantics is yeah, semantics yeah. it's not it's not important the the idea is that we get a set date and we know when that date is okay that that's the first way yeah. that konami can improve communication with the player base also nice would be konami giving us communication as far as if we have questions Give us a way to ask those questions and get responses. Any other social media team on the internet can look at look at what the way Wendy's just talks crap to everybody on Twitter all day, yep. and it's one of the most beloved Twitter accounts on the internet. Whereas Konami makes one singular post, and do you know what they get? They get berated in the replies because there's no communication. Yes, of course you're gonna have. Hundreds of people frustrated in the comments actually, when all you ever do is avoid us. Just actually, answer simple questions and you'll we'll get happier people. It's actually, simple. Actually, I'm curious about something. Keep talking. I'm going to look something up real quick. Okay. So that's my second thing that Konami is, can do is give us a way to communicate with, com with the company. Whether that be a social media manager, whether that be somebody that we can... You don't have to put a name to that, but if you can just give us somebody that we can direct our questions to. Now, there needs to be a separate... I think that the band player system needs to be overhauled, but whoever is the social media outreach person doesn't need to be the person that is talked to about things like band players. So for the band player system, to me, in my opinion, there should be something along the lines of tiers for bands, as well as detailed definitions, true emails sent every time there is a ban, and a real appeals process with an innocent until proven guilty kind of thing where Okay, well, I'm I'm waiting I'm waiting on my appeal. So since I'm waiting on my appeal, I can still play in tournaments, kind of thing. Yeah. Right now, oh, oh, and you know, crazy thought, an actual chance at an appeal working because right now there's not one. I've never once heard of. Okay, I've heard of exactly one instance in all of my time in Yu-Gi-Oh of a ban getting overturned, and that was for Billy Bray because they accidentally banned the wrong person. And it was truly a wrong ban. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think that's why they overturned is because this ban was not meant for you. Yeah, and he had... Yeah, pretty much. So... Yeah. Oh, the thing I was looking up, I got curious. And I went and looked on the official Yu-Gi-Oh! Twitter. Mm -hmm. And every single form of communication on that Twitter is all product stuff. Yes, because that's all they yeah. care about is selling products. They don't care about the players. Like, to me, it feels less like, hey, check out this cool product, and more, here's your product. Buy it. Yeah. There's that's no, what it is. Yeah, like, yeah, they'll do the cool, um, hey, you know, check out this cre content creator, check in, you know, who's looking out this new archetype, and that's great, I guess. Yeah, sure. Maybe. 
hey, like this card's kind of confusing. And even the content creators having issues figuring how this card works. Maybe you could have also been like, hey, this card's kind of complicated. Here's a detailed uh, breakdown on how the card works. Looking at you, small world. Okay. So what there needs to be for the band players, just kind of circling back to where I was. Yeah, sorry. You're good. So when there is a player that is banned, there needs to be probably at least two levels of banning. One would be not allowed to enter premier events, nationals, world champions qualifiers, YCS, YCS is, and that's about it. They're allowed to enter side events and like locals. These, they're allowed to enter regionals and they're allowed to enter locals. It's kind of like a premier ban. Right, that's what we can call it. Yeah. Call it a premier ban. Then we can call it. How about this? You have a level one event, which is premier events like YCSs, like nationals, Euros, you know, world championship qualifiers, etc. That's premier level events. Then you have level two events, which are regionals, side events, yeah. things like that. Then you have level three events, which are locals. Yeah, OTS locals. Right. Yeah, and so then you can get a level one ban, you can get a level two ban, or you can get a level three ban, which would be the, and the, I assume this should be the highest, where you're just banned from playing the game. Exactly. At all Konami sanctioned everything. Right. But what's even more important than there being a structured tier of ways to remove people from the game. In a easily to understand format. Sure. But what's more important than that is communication from Konami on why this player was banned why they got the amount of time that they did because sometimes a pl the player gets six months for cheating sometimes they get four years for cheating it's really unclear it seems very discretionary maybe they could also release like a book like pdf of like they have that okay cool i didn't know that's that's the is it public yeah that's called the um there's <sighs> like judging ruling docs that are um, so you have the ruling docs and procedures procedures uh, and operations and stuff you I, know what I knew that and, and there's like procedural guideline yeah, documents I, and stuff that you can go look at I knew that and I spaced out on it <laughs> yeah yeah I know so it, it is technically public information yeah. okay I'm gonna try to bring all this together because we only have a couple minutes left okay so for rule for bans there needs to be a system where people can get banned for from different levels of events you know i it sucks i won't be able to go to this ycs i have a tier one ban uh but at least i can still go to locals every week at least i can still do maybe a remote dual extravaganza i can still go to this regional but at the same time there also needs to be a way for somebody to talk to konami whether it be through email that can actually realistically get responded to rather than sending an appeal email or repeal appeal letter or whatever it is and just Nothing. never get a response even uh, uh we have received your appeal letter and are currently reading it right anything you know there needs to be a way to and ideally there would be a way to go in front of a panel and mm -hmm. appeal your ban i mean we're talking about a grand total of what a dozen players every three to five months this is not like it's a huge amount of people. It's, they're not trying to schedule hundreds of people a week. It's not like that. It's a couple of people every few months. Get Say, okay, well, there's this one-week stretch where we take all appeals cases. You plead your case in front of the, you know, in front of, say, three arbiters. And if you get, if the ban upholds, the ban upholds. But you have a reasonable way to appeal your ban. Yeah. If you even want to go through with that. Right. Of course, make it optional. But then, you know, but then also the way I would set it up is kind of, uh, I'm just saying, ideally there's a way to have face-to-face -face communication with somebody when it's something this serious. Yeah. Yeah. With maybe a panel of like four judges. It, no, it's gotta be odd number. They thought they can vote. Oh, fair enough. Three to five then. Sure. Three or five. Yeah. Like I said, it's semantics. Procedural stuff is not important at the moment. The, the, the idea is to get an idea across. Yeah of how they can revise these policies to be more communicative and to be more 
understanding of we're all just people. So I understand that this community can be toxic. This community can be rough on the edges. And I get that. But a lot of that is Konami's fault by being this giant wall of silence. Think about the accusations and things that we've had going through this community here lately. Accusations of horrible things. And Konami's just been silent. It would be so powerful if... I And this is not something new. I've heard accusations of members of community members saying that they've had issues with judges based on race as far back as 15 years ago 12 years ago right i've heard issues like that and there doesn't seem to be a way to appeal fairly on issues like that if somebody's being discriminated against by a judge member and i'm not saying that it's ever happened to me but I'm saying it's a real issue that could happen to somebody. How do you appeal something like that? You know, there's so many just so many issues that can be addressed by clear and effective communication from Konami that just aren't. Yeah. Even just somebody to answer the emails. Somebody to answer the emails would be a great place to start. Even if it's just a robot, even just a bot that sends back. Nope, don't do that. Just get a real person, please. Fair enough. Get in, get an intern, get a paid intern. Yeah. Although I realize Konami's interns are probably unpaid because it's Konami. But get in, get a paid intern to just answer emails. We have read, we have read your review and our review. We have read your appeal and are reviewing your case. Something like that. And just respond in a week. Let's let them know what the outcome was. Yeah. Give people a realistic chance to appeal their cases. Uh, give us clear and effective communication on the ban lists as far as when they're going to come. Because at this point, I've got a grand plus sunk into a trip, and I don't even know what game I'm going to be playing. Um, just yeah, because they could do what they did before and just release the ban list like two days before the event. Yeah, and and like I think that was the list where they hit Verte, wasn't it? Um, I don't remember. Yeah, no, you know, because they, they it was a it was a pretty major list that completely altered how a lot of decks functioned, and a lot of people did not have time to get a new deck. Yeah, it was at the start of the national season. Yeah, no, you know, people didn't have enough time to get a brand new deck. They didn't have enough time to like get replacements for cards. They had the rest of the week to find replacements. Good luck. Yeah, it's just. Which I remember when that happened because we also I think we did like a solid thirty minute section on just that. I have no idea. The point is, is when you have this stuff happening, when you have major events within the community, just for the love of God, respect your players. It's so simple. It takes so little effort. So, yeah, it's just I know I've basically just been ranting for hours, but (laughs) it feels like Konami's priorities are just all screwed up. All they want to do is sell product. But unless you actually nurture the player base, communicate with them, find out what they would like to see, find out what, do things with the player base, right? And it's just, Even it's just, frustrating. Yeah, yeah, incredibly so. I'm disappointed. Not angry, just disappointed. Right. So, with all that said, like I said, I love Yu-Gi-Oh! I love this game to death, but... It's got th- some issues. Yeah. And, and again, I, I say the things that I say lovingly. But it, it has some pretty glaring issues. So. Yeah. <laughs> so somebody that I follow on Twitter kind of said it best. Is this really acceptable? No word on a ban list. But then 10 players, including prominent community members get suspended out of the blue. I'm not saying these suspensions were right or wrong. I'm saying Konami's communication and priorities are far off. There are two huge events in the next 10 days. Players need to know if their decks and strategies will be viable. And you're taking this moment to suspend players while having no communications on the list since a vague in a few months from in May. We deserve better than that. And uh, Eva, I know you listen to the podcast. Uh, If you're not following uh, Eva underscore Lee's underscore on Twitter, please do. Uh, absolutely wonderful. Oh yeah, she's awesome. So, but I just, it's, it's just that simple. 
Is this really considered acceptable? And I don't think it is. In my opinion, it's not. I love Yu-Gi-Oh. I am not going to sit here and say that I'm going to quit playing because I'm not. I'm not going to quit making this podcast because I'm not. I'm not going to quit traveling to events because I'm not. But that doesn't mean I can't voice my disappointment Mm -hmm. from a company that I somehow still expect something from. So I feel like I had more that I wanted to talk about. Um, I could talk about a lot of different issues within Konami, the reprint structure. I could talk about... Oh my god, the reprint structure. Sure. I could talk about the prizing structure. The on, short printing. Sure. I, like I said, uh, reprint structure, short prints, prizing structure, product release schedule, uh, OCG, TCG differences in how we get treated, how we get cards released, how we get rarities, everything. I, I could just go on forever about how I'm not happy with all these things in Yu-Gi-Oh!, And I understand, at the end of the day, if you're not happy about all that, then why do you play? Because I've been watching the show, ingesting the media, taking in the game, playing the, buying the cards, literally since the first set ever release. And this is my passion. This is my joy. This is where I get my, you know, my creative juices going. Mm -hmm. This is what makes me think. It's like playing chess, but you have variants. Yeah. So. I mean, where where else am I going to get that from? No. Not, not from chess. No, nowhere. So, listen, like I said, I, I love Yu-Gi-Oh! And I don't, I'm not going anywhere. But I really think that Yu-Gi-Oh! could treat the players better. All right. Um, Before we go, there is a couple of things that we wanted to handle. Uh, we recently got a care package from a listener. Uh, they sent it to our P.O. box, which we are very thankful for. And they wanted to ask us what is the favorite thing that we got in a care package. We got some cool stuff. I complained recently because Caleb wouldn't trade me his super rare rivalries. <laughs> uh, and I got super rare rivalries, which, big thanks. Uh, I am very happy about that. But I think me and Caleb's favorite thing was the Lost Art Idaton. Oh, yeah. Big time. I love the Lost Art Idaton. Things very, very nice looking, and uh, we 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 debated so much on over who was going to get it that we ended up doing a high roll dice roll for it, which I won. So Caleb got the Lost Art Dark Magician roll, which is worth way more. <laughs> but uh, I it's wanted the cool the factor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, that, that, no, no. It's, it's the cool factor behind the uh, Idaton. Also, I think it'd be easier to find the Dark Magician girl in somebody's binder than the Idaton. So, I mean, for now, give it time. I'm pretty sure you'll. Well, most I think most items are probably just going, are probably just getting thrown into bulk right now. Oh, that's I'll say that. It's still, still a ten dollar card. All right. Well, we ha, did not get a single mailbag question. Well, I guess we got one that we didn't answer last time. Yeah. One goes away forever. Every floodgate, including Appaloosa. Well, can't do that. It's not a floodgate. Every generic negate or every generic engine. One goes away forever. Every generic engine, every generic negate, or every floodgate. Ooh. I'm going to be honest. It's not even close for me. It's not even a difficult question for me. The issue is I'm on the fence between... Me personally, I'm on the fence between generic negates and generic floodgates. Okay. But I am leaning toward the floodgates. I'm not even leaning towards floodgate. I'm jumping straight over to floodgate. It's not even close for me. That way, when they get rid of every floodgate and Hopalus is still there, I can go, ha! (laughs) I told you! All right, if you want to support the podcast, please be sure to check out our TCG Player affiliate link and our Dragon Shield affiliate link. Both are in the description down below. Also, if you want a chance at winning some cool Dragon Shield products, follow us on Twitter. If you want to do the Remote Duel Locals, or if you want to join our Fantasy Football League, which Caleb's not in, but I'm in. Yeah. Uh, be sure to join the Discord server. If you, another way you can support the podcast, if you want to go the extra mile, you can check out our Patreon, where you do get an extra at the five dollar tier and up, you get an extra episode every week. And check out Millennium Threads, ETB yep. Games, and Team Dark Arm Dealings. All of the links to have all of that is in the description down below. 
So a huge thank you, everyone, for your continued support. We love, genuinely love everyone in this community so, 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 so much. And that's it. Uh, be sure to tune in, by the way. The schedule has already been released, so it's public. Be sure to tune in 7 p.m. Central Standard Time on Tuesday to Farfa's Subathon. Woo! Because we will be featured on that doing an episode with Farfa. So, and then that'll go up Friday. So we'll have an episode Tuesday, Patreon episode Wednesday, like always. The Farfa podcast episode will be live on his stream, also go up on Friday. And then no episode the following Tuesday. Yeah. So just letting everybody know there won't be an episode next Tuesday because of, well, not like, like say next Tuesday, like the September, the what, 20th. The, yeah. The, September 20th. The there tu- won't be an episode. The Tuesday after Niagara. Right. Yeah. There won't be an episode because traveling. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. so unfortunately he won't be here in time to record for me to give me enough time to edit. And- right. Exactly. Okay. That'll do it for today's episode. Thank you all so, 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 so much for listening and supporting the podcast. And we will see you all Tuesday. Yeah. 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 Next, yeah. That'd be next Tuesday. Take care, yeah. everybody. Hello, this is Danny Pellegrino, host of the Everything Iconic podcast. And I'm here to tell you all about Splash Refresher because hydration is mandatory, but boring is not. Now, I love my water, but if I don't spice it up, I'm not going to finish what I took out of the fridge. That's why I love my Splash Refresher, which is flavorful, delicious, bright, hydrating, and zero calories. The wild berry flavor is my fave. No, wait. Is the pineapple mango flavor my fave? You know what? All five craveable Splash Refresher flavors are my fave because they're so delicious. So get hydrated and enjoy it with Splash Refresher. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.